It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favor to ask of you. Really appreciate it. If you took time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate, make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline and enter your question there. Each month, we're going to select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So remember, go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win 50 bucks. So Bridget, how are you today? I'm doing excellent, no, no. super, oh. fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Great. Got to make sure you all get the it. right word in there. I know. All of it. I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. And so, you? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So I just arrived in California. Life is good. Well, I will say that the weather has turned beautiful here in Boston. So life is good as well. All right. Well, hey, there we go. And you got your run in this morning? Always. You know, did the sun come up? Yes. True. If the sun comes up, I typically get my run in. Got it. All right. I envy you. I haven't done that yet, but going to head out here shortly and do that. So uh, today I thought it's been a while since we talked about books, books we've been reading. Always a favorite episode of people. So uh, is there a book you've been reading that or have read recently that's sort of stood out? You know, I was thinking about this just based on our last conversation. Nothing that I'm, nothing that I'm reading that really stands out. You know, I'm always reading a book. So I've reread some of the uh, Sandler books because it's something that we're, the team all here knows Sandler. So I've read, reread some of the Sandler books, so, uh, which are you, always good. Yeah. What'd you think about rereading them though? Upon rereading them, what did you think? The, I think that they, uh, they're sound and the principles are, you know, pretty basic. For me, the the importance of picking a sales methodology is just that we're all speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. So I just want to understand when they use a term that uh, that we're all speaking the same language. So I think Sandler is good for that. It's it's so funny. I don't know if it's a Boston thing, but everybody has Sandler. Everybody people have been Sandler trained, and so that's San- just seems, Sandlerized. They've been Sandlerized. You go out to San Francisco, it's. Uh, yeah, a lot of people that have um, John Barrows. I know a lot of people have used sure. him. Jocko, a lot of people have used. Sure. There's a bit more of a mix, but out here, it's got it's almost to everybody I've hired has been Sandler trained. All right, so let me let me ask you a question because this is a Reddit. Okay, okay, bring it on, bring it on. You like it when I do that? I do. It's, I can hardly wait. So. You're talking about methods, and I, I read this great quote this week, which about methods versus principles. So, if you, if you had to identify the core principles of Sandler, what would they be? If I had to identify the core principles of Sandler, Sandler to me is it's a way of thinking. It is not overly prescribed. 
And it's about understanding how they talk about upfront contracts, the pain funnel, knowing that people aren't going to make a decision unless you really help them uncover and understand whatever situation it is and the problem or pain that they're having and help them see their way out of it. Well, so the quote I read is it was spoken or written originally by a gentleman named Harrington Emerson. And it's about methods and principles. And I just thought really applied to sales. And so the quote is, as to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. Love that. As do I, because I, I think principles in sales are way more important than methods. And, and you know, we talked yeah. about this like like my little bald acronym that I'd come up with. Yeah, you know, that's about principles, right? It's it's not a method. It's just do these four things, and it doesn't really matter what method you use, you can be successful. I I I love that. Will you send that to me or put it on your blog or put it somewhere where I can find it again? I, yeah. I really, I think that's so true that if you understand the principles, then the techniques and the methodology and those things are much less important. You got to understand the, you got to know the principles. So that's a really, really great reminder. Okay. So that sort of gets back to, and not to be critical of Sandler at all, because yes, you said lots of people use it, but what are the principles, right? The, what are the core principles that are really driving the method, because you know, you first when you first started talking about, it, you sort of defaulted, "Hey, it's, it's a method." Yeah, but I like to understand the principles. So, give me an example of what you mean by principles from another methodology or another. Give well, me, I mean, give me an example. Well, I mean, like there's, there's, uh, you, you mentioned uh, our mutual friend Jocko Vanderkoy is, you know, he's increasingly talking about sort of a customer-centric approach to sales in the modern sales methodology, modern sales process, let's say. But in a way that, that says, and sort of based on, what, on Amazon, where Amazon says, look, you start with the customer and work your way backward. To me, that's a, that's a core principle, right? And it informs all the methods that you might establish around how you're going to sell, how you're going to support your customers. God, I, I, it's funny, Andy, I feel like any of the core sales methodologies need to have that as an underlying principle. So I would say Sandler, there's definitely a focus on, uh, definitely a focus on the customer. Is there one that doesn't have that as an underlying principle? Well, let me, so we're going to stray a little bit of far field from the, the subject of the day, but that's fine. We'll that's come all back, right. We'll, we'll come back that's to all it. That's all right. It's my show. We can do whatever we want. You, that's um, exactly right. You can change the topics. You can do whatever. Right. Okay. So, um, let's see. So, ask your question again. Well, I, I, I guess I look at the, the sales methodologies that are that I think stick and that are effective. They have, to me, they're they're based on some kind of the same fundamental principles, and they do revolve around the customer and helping them to understand, helping them to understand where their issues are, and just to to accompany them on this buyer's journey, and really to be there, kind of a shepherd through it, 
And they're very customer-centric or prospect-centric. Well, let me, let me ask you a question about, because we talk a lot on the show and on our episodes together, we talk about sales automation, sales technologies, and, and so on. So I was thinking about this recently because I've had a number of conversations with CEOs and founders on the show of, of new, new technologies that are coming out. Uh, in some cases, they've come out, but some are not quite there. But I asked the same question about them. Is, is, so, you know, we look at all this, like I said, sales automation technology, machine learning, AI, coming into the sales space. And the question I asked people, I said, okay, how does this technology help the customer make a decision? Because everything we're doing is with this technology is about the salesperson and the sales process. But how does it help the customer? And so for really being customer centric is is where where are the apps that say, yeah, and there are some that we can ferret out and talk about, but that is really geared toward helping the customer do what they're setting out to do, which is to quickly gather the information they need to make good decisions with the least investment of their time and effort possible. Okay. So it's sort of that, okay, we've got these methods as embodied in some of these technologies that, you know, because our we've intertwined many of our processes with the automation technologies, but where's the customer in that whole equation? Well, and and so to me, that's like, well, that's methods without principles. Uh, now we're definitely getting into uh, semantics <laughs> and those well, kinds no, of things. I, I, well, I don't know if it's semantics. I think it's. I think it's. I think one thing's well, one of the reasons, and Jocko speaks about this very eloquently. Is is you know that. So this predictable revenue model, which has been wholeheartedly embraced throughout the valley, is 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 tottering somewhat, right? I mean, it's 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 it has some real issues that are going to have to be addressed, and you know, collectively we're going to work on those and address those. But but it's yeah, you know, sort of being driven by this process, which is all about activity, which is all about the salesperson, not really about the customer. And so again, without. You know, parsing that too finally, I was saying, okay, yeah, we've really sort of focused everything we're doing on the methods without really thinking about the underlying principle, which is, and we can start with, you know, Amazon one is, you know, being obsessed with the customer and then our processes flow out of that. Yeah. Okay. So if I hear what you're saying, part of it could be that we've gotten so focused on the methodology that we forget the underlying principles, which I think were originally, um, some of these methodologies were inspired by good principles, but we may have gotten, we've over-rotated on focusing on a methodology as opposed to the underlying principle. Because I think some of the, when I think about the methodologies, the good ones, and the way that I think about sales just in general, is that I'm here to help. I'm here to help. And if mm-hmm. I have something that can be, is helpful to you, that's going to solve a problem that you're having, if there's a good fit, I want to be a facilitator for that. And I want to help. So the, the tools and techniques that I use are in service of me trying to help you. And if I'm good at asking the right questions and developing some rapport and understanding a natural sequence of how you might think about discovering and learning about products and services. If I can be adept at those techniques, in the end, 
I'm going to accomplish what really for me as a salesperson has always been my underlying goal and principle, which is, can I help you? Oh, is this potentially something that will be right? Which is where we should be. Right. And so I, th- I think, but, so but, I look but at, we're, some, but we're not though. And, that, well, and that's, that's, I think the thing that, that is of a real concern to me is, is that especially again, sort of in the, the more autom- the spaces and the marketplaces where the automation is is come more to the fore in you know what people want to quote unquote call you know modern sales teams and so on is is I think the customer gets lost. Now it's not that lip service isn't paid to it, but I think well, that, I, I think that I the would, customer gets lost. Okay, so I would agree. I would agree with that that and the I'll, customer does get lost, but I don't know that that's necessarily because it's. The methodology isn't based on good principles. Well, perhaps. So let me let me give you one example though. Is so I'm a member of of an online community um, all about modern selling. And there's gosh, I imagine there's at this point I've heard there's like a thousand members or more that contribute and every day there's you know a bunch of questions that are posted that people contribute answers to. But as I go back and scan the questions that are asked, you know, fully 90%, if not a higher percentage, have nothing to do with the customer. So what I'm saying is 90 95% of the conversation has nothing to do with the customer. It's all about process and technology and, and you know, sales operations, sales enablement. But where's the customer in these discussions? What would be what would be a question that could be posed? I'm working that, on this deal. We've run into this objection. How can you help? Oh, you know, I see. Some, so somebody, somebody asking a question about I'm dealing with a customer and I have this problem, or we're trying to, you know, break into this type of account that does these things. But you know, almost none of the I just find it very curious. Almost none of the discussion is about that, and it, and to me, it sort of reflects what I see when I work with companies and talk to. You know, CEOs as I do, you know, every week, you know, six times a week is, is, hmm. Yeah, so it seems like sort of a trend. And where's that trend end? And to me, it, it doesn't end in a good spot. And so, want to see what like Jocko's doing and talking more about. It's not, we go through these phases, we talk about customer centric selling, right? It's not new. I mean, Michael Bosworth wrote about this back, what, 20 plus years ago. Uh, but we sort of seem to go through these waves where we sort of wake up and say, oh, yeah, where's the customer in all of this? And yeah, I think we're clearly overdue for another wave. Well, I had, I've had Jocko come to just specifically come to several, uh, train several of my teams. So I brought him in at more than one place mm-hmm. and he's fantastic. He's amazing. He's fantastic. I think Jocko is, uh, Jocko is great. And we focus on the customer, but we also, there was a lot of, there were a lot of techniques and, and so I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know that we've maybe, uh, I don't know that I think it's as dire as I think you do. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's it. Like, I think, I, I think that, um, I don't think the world's going to end. I don't think the uh, I don't think the world's if the world well, ends it's going to be for other reasons. Yeah, it's not because okay, it's, it's not because of sales yes. doesn't have enough customer focus. Exactly. Yeah, we have other um, threats, but 
but I but I do think that, that are real. But I do think that, and I'm not alone in this. That you know, certain of the sales models that are very popular these days are not sustainable and are going to have to evolve fairly substantially over the next two to three years. If you know, companies are really going to say, "Yeah, how do we how do we really address?" And help and support our customers. How do we become, as, as Amazon talks about, you know, obsessed with the customer? Yeah, and I think a lot of it is figuring out how do we, in all in the changing landscape that we're in, with regards to how people buy and how they find information and seek information. How do we stay obsessed and focused on them? Or I I don't know where to go find them. I don't know how to interact with them. I don't know how. To, I think the, I think the two sort of go hand in hand. I think we're at a place where we're trying to figure out. Okay, things are changing, and the way that the customer wants us to interact with him or her is changing. And so, how do I do that? Are there tools that will help me do that better in a way that the customer? will find less offensive or to be more helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, less offensive is, is certainly important. But I think I that, know, but, but I, I think, think it's I think, true. But, but I think I, it's yeah. true. Well, I think you're identifying the key need that exists in the marketplace is that it's, you know, sales automation technology, just broadly say sales automation technology, that it really comes at from the perspective of the customer and does just exactly what you said. And I think somebody's going to be smart and and come up with that, and that is going to be fairly transformational. You know, we talk a lot here at Logs.io about because our our we sell a technical product. We sell to developers and mm-hmm. DevOps and IT, and we talk a lot to our co-founders and engineers about their perspective and their eyes and how they want to buy and, and their viewpoints. We, we really try to understand how do you want to be communicated to? Mm -hmm. What's going to be effective? What messages are going to resonate? And maybe that doesn't always sound like it's very customer centric, but we're really trying to not be offensive we're really well, <laughs> trying to, if, if we have something that we think could be beneficial, right. what's the best way for us to start it, it to start a conversation or, or let you know about it? Like, what's the best way for us to do it? And sometimes that does start to revolve around or look like it's more around techniques than it does, um, it, it, are we focused on the customer? Yeah, well, I, so getting back to books, because this is a good time to bring yeah, this. Go. Is, yeah, let's no, go. No, this is related. So a okay. book I read this week, and the guest I interviewed for the show, whose interview will be on after this airs, but people should make sure they pay attention to the schedule and make sure they catch this one. Guest was a guy named uh, Stephen Shapiro, and he's an innovation expert. He's written a number of books, but the one that I'd, I'd read, and I had him on the show because I wanted to talk about it, and the name book is Best Practices Are Stupid. And I thought, okay, well, that at least it's a a provocative title. Great title, great title. And basically, what he believes is that it's not that best practices per se are bad, but it's the way they're pretty much adopted by companies and implemented. He calls it business plagiarism. Um, What happened is that 
that they, in his mind, in his experience, he used to run like a 20,000 person group at Accenture and, and, you know, speaks to companies and works with big companies around the world is, is that what happens when we grab best practices and they repress innovation, you know, people stop thinking. And we see this happening in spades in certainly we'll say in Silicon Valley with this whole predictable sales, predictable revenue sales model, right? Everybody's just sort of adopted it. And oftentimes without thinking, this is how we're going to sell, right? If we have a SaaS business, this is how we're going to sell. And, and I think, you know, the end result is we're sort of coming to this point where, yeah, it's, it's not a one size. So it's all, and it's, you know, does at least based on some data I've seen recently, you know, the success rates are dropping and so on. So he makes a really compelling case about a couple of things that I thought were great ideas. Um, and one was, you know, don't think outside the box, make a better box. Uh, I love that. And that was one about, mm. you know, every time we're trying to innovate, so we're trying to innovate on a sales model, we, we sort of think, gosh, we've got to, got to start all over from scratch and come up with something new. And what he's saying is, is yeah, it's, it's not like the basic sales models we're using are fundamentally bad, but, you know, we have maybe some misplaced focus and so on. Is how can we fix what we have, right? Let's identify the three challenges or two challenges we have with the model. And let's fix those. And that constitutes real innovation. That's how you start transforming. So in that case, you know, I'd be advocating, okay, we've got these models that you know, have success doing certain things. Is how do, we, how do we bring the customer into it? And one thing he talks about is if you're innovating, as he says, adopt sort of the point you were just making. He said adopt what he called the Indiana Jones principle, which was, you know, you don't, go survey your customers, you go in the field and you talk to your customers. And this is the mm. thing I see is just missing completely in so many companies. Yes, again, especially as we fall more to the subscription model where you know, travel budgets are tight and you're trying to do everything remotely. As he points out, there's never a substitute for actually going into the field and spending time with your customers, talking to them, seeing not just getting the data for how they're using your product, but watching people actually use it, right? And see how it integrates into their business in person. And I think that, to me, that was, that was, you know, sort of common sense, but it's, it's one that just doesn't happen much anymore. You know, we're, well, trying, we're, I, we're trying to do so much remotely and virtually, which understandably we need to from an economic standpoint, but we have to spend more time with our customers. Well, and I'll tell you, just as as salespeople are spending more time remotely, our customers are more often remote. They're not necessarily sitting in the office. They're not always wanting to have the face-to-face either. So the world's changing on both sides. So in terms of also being customer-centric, our customers don't want to see us in the way that they did in the day, which I will say is the same day that you had. A long time ago. Well, I'm, I'm much younger than you are, though. Yeah, well, so <laughs> so I think I think that's changing also. So it's not even just that it's a well, absolutely. It's, a rest, it's not just a restriction on the part of the sale on the sales side. It's also a restriction on the customer side that they are not wanting it as much as um, they did in the day. So I think oh, sure. it's changing. It's right. changing, but but it's a matter of degree, right? Because you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, we're going to go sell them the way we did before, which is to your point, but yeah, they don't, they're not going to sit through, you know, five different or six different 
depending on the product or service, you know, in-person meetings to make a decision. Um, but you could sell virtually, but you still need to go out and see the customer, right? And this is not talking about specifically, you know, the salespeople, but somebody needs to go. And this is a part that's, that I think is missing. And, and you know, as part of my uh, conversations I've had with people over the last two years, I've asked the question of 400 of these exp- experts that have come on the show, you know, if you had to, if you ran into a, a stall, if you hit a plateau in your sales and you had to turn things around, what would you do first? And yeah, it's one of the biggest chunks of answers that came back was get out of the office, go talk to your customers. Not that they necessarily, you know, make a routine of that's how you're going to sell them, but you got to get out and go talk to them. And I, again, sort of talking about principles, being obsessed with the customer. We need to spend more time in general with customers. Yeah, I, I will 100% agree with that. Yeah. Don't you, it, think, don't you think we should end on something we agree with, agree on? <laughs> what? I don't think that was the only thing. No, that's not the only thing. Okay. For sure. But that's, that's a good place to end. Is, and I think we can urge people to say, how do we fit this in to our processes that we're going to go, I said, not just send a survey, a survey monkey survey to our customers. We're going to actually go visit them. Yep. And not just the ones that are the happiest ones, but you know, go visit some that didn't buy from you. There were prospects that ended up not buying from you. Or go visit the ones that churned and find out why they churned and maybe what you could do to get them back. I mean, it's as well as the happy ones. Plus one. All right. Perfect. Bridget. Andy. As always. Until next time. Until next time. And friends, thank you for spending this time with us. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend. If you haven't had the opportunity to do so far, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review for us. And we've had a number, bunch of reviews, actually, but I haven't had a specific review Frontline Fridays. If you get a chance, really appreciate it if you go do that. And until next week, this is Andy. And this is Bridget. Talk, talk to you next you. time. 